Vietnam. I was in the U.S. Army, and uh, I was a combat veteran in Vietnam. And uh, I rose to the rank of sergeant rather quickly due to the fact, uh, not that I was so smart, but the fact that we were losing people. And I guess I was the best prospect they had at that time. So I had my own squad rather quickly and had a, uh, a lot of responsibility early in my life. This is Yaj Monen, and I'm Kyla Kahnedu. We're a podcast out of the Pokagon tribe in southwest Michigan and northern Indiana, and we're telling stories of our people reconnecting with culture, reviving traditions, and reclaiming their heritage. Yaj Monen means story in our language. So here's another. Why do you choose that branch of military? I did not choose it. I volunteered my draft. This is the American Forces Vietnam Network. This will make it necessary to increase our active fighting forces by raising the monthly draft call from 17,000 over a period of time to 35,000 per month. And for us to step up our campaign for voluntary enlistments. I met a young lady named Marika van Dijvenboden and uh, fell in love. I knew I had uh, military hanging over my head as far as serving, but that was a good time for probably more her than myself to prove uh, if we were meant for each other. A, if I came back while we were gone, is our love meant to be. I wrote uh, as many letters as possible. She wrote letters constantly, uh, just uh, let me know that uh, 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 that she was there for me and that was waiting my return. So when you came back, you and Marika, did you get married right away? You know, I was one of 13 children and we were paupers and we did not get married right away. I got out of the service and uh, I worked two jobs. And uh, she said, Jerry, why do you, why are you working two jobs? I said, well, I don't want to start out as paupers or poor. I could have got married to her after Nam because I had, uh, I think, five and a half months down at Fort Rucker, Alabama. But I was not going to put her in a position, even as a sergeant, uh, E5, I was not going to put her in that position where we had nothing. And, uh, I witnessed a lot of those guys down there privates bringing their, their gals down there and marrying them, and it just is no way to start a marriage off. But by the time we got married, we were able to afford a home and uh, stopped working uh, two jobs shortly thereafter. So it took us, I think, six to eight months before we got married, and uh, I had to get a few obligations out of the way. I was in there 364 days, I think it was, just one day lacking a year. As a combat veteran, 
one year of that is more than sufficient. It uh, leaves you uh, with some dark spots in your thoughts and in your maybe even in your attitude that uh, enough is enough. And I, I don't see uh, how it's possible not to get a little PTSD from from uh, and that you're, you're not scarred from some of this stuff. You know, you learn to deal with it, and uh, you thank the good Lord you're you're here. But that doesn't mean that there are, there are times that these uh, thoughts come back into your thinking. Did you have any physical healing that you had to go through? I came back from Vietnam in 1969, and prior to going to Vietnam, I was always top physical condition. Got in a big firefight, one of my big last big firefights in Nam, and that was probably about two weeks prior to leaving the country. We got in a big fight, and one of my men uh, beside me got blown away, and his arms and stuff were missing, and I had to help carry him off. And I noticed my hands giving out. I came back to Fort Rucker, Alabama, and they had a PT test, and I barely passed it. I went, I think, four or five doctors when I got home over a year's span, and I finally went to uh, Ann Arbor, and they said, Jerry, you've got myasthenia gravis. What is myasthenia gravis? I was glad they put a name to it, and it's, it's just a muscle weakness, just muscle weakness. It was, a, it was a big deal, but a muscle weakness. It's autoimmune. You know, and I think a lot of stuff is through Agent Orange. My autoimmune system is uh, lupus, and you know, it can attack my kidneys. I got stage four kidney. So yeah, my autoimmune system is really screwed up from over there. But in the same token, I'm going to be 69 years old here pretty soon. And uh, you could ask me three years ago, you think you ever make it that age? And with some of the stuff that I was going through, the operations and so forth, I could have said no, but uh, here I am and I, I'm doing well and uh, I've been through some uh, battles there, have my scars from that, but uh, all in all, I try to love as much as I can love and I try to uh, just live the life that uh, so many of my fellow soldiers can now enjoy. perspective of being grateful to be alive, did that take a while to feel that way and live out your life that way? It does. It does. It does not happen overnight, at least not my case. It's been uh, an adventure of uh, climbing a lot of hills and uh, putting things in uh, place and uh, it just didn't happen overnight. It, it took a long time. Sometimes I, I like the physical wounds much better than I like the other wounds, you know. You can sew them up and, and so forth, but for the most part, let's say, they, they heal more rapidly, but wounds that are up in, upstairs in your mind take a little longer to heal. But for my part, I've been healed in so many good ways, you know, that uh, 
I have no I have no complaints. I tell you some things, but it doesn't mean that I'm I'm complaining. It just means that was part of my life, and and we all have obstacles in our life and hills and valleys, and that's part of life. And I think a combat veteran has uh, sometimes much more than the average. The main thing is that we work through them, and we have the help that we can get, and that we have loved ones that support us. Until the time the good Lord tells me it's time to go, I'm going to uh, give it everything I got. And it's been fruitful. My life has been filled with love, and I've got a lot to, a lot to be uh, happy for. Uh, you make mistakes along the way, but I don't think anybody ever faults you for making a mistake if you try. I think they, they only fault you if you, uh, your heart's not in the right place. That's the only time they, they fault you. Jerry is not a casual member of the Pokagon community. He's a bright light, a fixture at elder and veteran gatherings. He's part of the Pokagon's Ogichita group, the largest in the Great Lakes region, which is saying something. You see, per capita, Native Americans actually have the highest percentage rate of military service of all ethnicities in America, and veterans are greatly revered by their tribes. When you first got back from Vietnam, was the Odichawa group formed? Not that I'm aware of. No, I, that, that took several years. Not till 18 years ago that I started getting involved with it. I'm really Native American, but I wasn't raised Native American, and I'm just uh, learning as much as I can learn and, and growing as much as I can grow and uh, taking in as much as I can take in and uh, loving every minute of it. Odichawa means warrior. If this society would think about what small, minute number of people fight for all of our freedom. Less than 1% will die for you. And then you put that in perspective, you take the Gichito, their high numbers of participation in all these wars tells you just how strong of a unit that we are. I think God made us that way. I think we are warriors. There's just something that's in us, you know, that they would lay down their life for somebody they don't even know. No other culture come close to the, to the Native American. And um, I think that's their love of the land. And I think that they are just people that are men and women that would uh, stand up to defend and die for a, a cause. What was it like going from years of not having your Dichua brothers and sister to having that and diving into your culture? How, what was that change like? It's been a wonderful experience. It's been a period of growth, and it's uh, been a period of, of uh, well, finding yourself out a little bit, I guess. It, it's, the way I think about it, it's here in uh, Pokegan land, they will have a day for us veterans and they will uh, have a dinner for us and they bring respect to us by uh, giving us something or by having a, an opportunity for us to partake in something or just saying good words and good words are important. So th th there's many ways that they show us more than just powwows.
Our veterans post flags and staffs at community events, repatriation ceremonies, and Native veteran gatherings across the country and into Canada. Their two Eagle staffs represent the entire Pokagon community and each of the veterans themselves. They carry military flags alongside them, of the Army, Marine Corps, Navy, Air Force, and Coast Guard, and the POW MIA flag, symbolizing those lost are not forgotten. Have you been a part of many of the powwows and the flag bearings? Oh my goodness, I'm, yeah, that's certainly part of my life now. Being part of the, the culture has enriched my life so much that I feel really good and I feel as though a lot of healing has come uh, because of it. My Gitchadal brothers, well, they, they put me out there and showed me love and compassion, always there for me, you know, they, uh, given me gifts that are very, very important to me, that, uh, that we in my heart as long as I live. It brings great happiness and pride to me, not because I'm an elder, not because I'm a veteran, but because I see this in a culture. And it's like uh, if somebody outside a veteran or elder, you know, is let's say a very respectful human being comes in and we show respect and honor to them, I think that's just very important for a society to do. It's being part of something that that's been missing in my life. But I think I've healed in a lot of ways from some of the darkness that uh, has been part of my, my life. After you've fought and you, uh, you've seen a lot of things, it just puts a lot of uh, negativity and, and darkness in your mind. With this culture, I've, I've learned to heal and uh, to know that I'm accepted. I don't know if people understand that. If I think only if you if you've been in combat, you understand that it's, it's it's really helped me out a lot. They've really helped me out very much. What has helped your mental healing the most? Without a doubt, my father in heaven. But I pray when I get up and I pray when I go to bed and I thank him throughout the day for blessing me and I try to live a life that has shown him respect, it's healed me in more ways than I can count. So it's God Almighty and his son Jesus. Thank you for sharing. I hate getting so emotional but I can't and I, I feel like I'm mumbo jumbo, but whatever comes out comes out. It's, you know, I see some people standing up there and talking so eloquently and say the words that uh, come from their minds. But I think if we always speak more from our heart, we all would be better off. We would all gain from that if we would speak from our hearts. It would be a much better world.
you know, instead of being uh, cruel and mean, let's speak from our heart and show love, compassion, and go wither the storm together. So, is there anything else? No. Oh. Thanks to the LBJ Library for the audio from President Johnson's July 28, 1965 speech, and to the 4th Battalion, 9th Infantry Manchu for providing the clips from the American Forces Vietnam Network on your website, www.manchu.org. With Veterans Day this month, we want to take this opportunity to thank all our veterans for their service to us and keeping this nation sovereign. An iguien to our Gichita group for so honorably representing us as you bear our flags all over the country. Bobby Lynn composed and recorded the music in the show. Paige Risser and myself produced this episode, and I edited it. We'll be sharing more stories with you next month. But until then, Bama P, be with you again. <laughs>